Hello and welcome to the Royal Central podcast from royalcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, news editor. I am Monique Brooks, the assistant editor. And I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. Now, One Raw Story has completely dominated the news in the last couple of weeks. There is loads of information, the very latest, on the situation involving the Duke and Duchess of Sussex on rawcentral.co.uk. So because there's been so much focus on that, we thought we'd just do a quick whiz around Europe to catch everybody up with some of the major stories going on there. They've all been covered on the site on rawcentral.co.uk. Lots of coverage, too, on our Instagram, royal.central. But shall we start in Scandinavia? Because in Norway, there's been quite a few concerns over the health of King Harald. Um, He's been in hospital, I believe, about a week and a half, I would say. He's only just been released now. And I believe the original story was that he had experienced dizziness. I'm not sure why anyone would have to be in a hospital for a week and a half for dizziness. But I guess he needed to be. And the Hakon was, of course, made regent for two weeks. I believe he still is right now because Harald is still recovering not more serious or than uh, we perhaps expected it to be with this fake statement at first. So that's good, I guess. So back in business for the Norwegian royals, at least. And they were quite upfront, weren't they? Because, um, as you said, there was a statement. He was, he'd had dizziness and then he was going to come out of hospital, then he was going to stay in hospital. And then after a few yeah. days, Crown Prince Harkon just met the media, didn't he? He was doing an engagement and he stood and he took questions and he explained what was going on. And I think that probably helped yeah. quite a bit as well, didn't it? It cleared up because there was a lot yeah. of concern. He'd been poorly before Christmas, like you said, and then obviously over Christmas, the whole family suffered that terrible shock, the loss of Ari Ben, and he's been there supporting his daughter and granddaughters. But he's 82, yeah. and that's obviously going to raise concerns yeah. about his health. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're glad he's uh, doing okay now. So good news from Norway, and good news in Denmark as well, because they've been looking ahead to April when Queen Margaret turns 80. Can you believe she's going to be 80? Wow. <laughs> I really, really, really like the the photos and the logos they've released for her birthday. Those are really great. <laughs> yeah, I love the red nail polish. She, yeah, she just looks like Queen. <laughs> The gala, I mean, we can expect Margaret to pull out the best dress and the best tiara, and I guess her daughters-in-law will follow suit, <laughs> so yeah, that should be having, fun. She's having a big royal gala, isn't she, in April to mark her eight decades. And the, the their website and the press re- release and everything also said that there will be foreign guests, so we can mm-hmm. assume that that'll mean foreign royals, which will mean their tiaras, which everyone loves to see. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be it'll be a nice way to see every everyone together and we'll get to see obviously we're gonna know that her sisters are gonna be there with Queen Anne Marie. King Constantine has looked frail for the past year or so. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he's there and how he's looking and I'm sure if he's feeling up to it he would love to be there with his sister in law. And then if we move to Central Europe, it's been a week of New Year's receptions for Belgium and for the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. we don't really get any inside shots in the Netherlands at least, so we just see them arriving and and leaving. So those are all, for for the the outside, pretty boring engagement. But yes, we're all back in business again, and uh, I believe they've also been out and about as well. But the, the biggest news story, I guess, is still to come, because in a couple of days we'll have the Auschwitz Memorial there. Most of the European royals will be gathering. A very important uh, mm. a commemoration event for for the world. I've been to Auschwitz. I've been to the uh, to the camps, and it's just I'm really glad that they're doing that. They're still doing these memorial type things, and 
I'm glad that the, the royals found them important enough to gather around and commemorate it all. So that's going to be a major event taking place um, towards yeah. the end of January. And um, as you said, we're expecting um, royalty from across Europe to join heads of state from around the world at that commemoration, yeah. marking 75 years since Auschwitz was liberated. Yeah. Um, if we continue our kind of quick Royal Central tour of Europe, catching up on the Royal News that we missed while we were all looking at the windows <laughs> of Sandringham and seeing absolutely nothing. Um, in Spain, we, how many times do we say this? It seems like every other podcast, we, we've mentioned the phrase, it's been a difficult week in Spain, but it has <laughs> been a difficult week in Spain and for a very yeah. personal reason this time for the royal family. King Juan Carlos lost his sister, Pilar. She'd been sick for quite a while and uh, she died at the age of 83, I believe she was. So um, he had already lost one sibling in, in, in childhood, so he's now down to one sister and I believe she had quite a private burial but still um, a lot of the family came out and paid their respects and said like, goodbye so that was that was nice and it's always sad to see this this generation go because we're expecting of course there are a lot of older rules right now so a lot of we can expect a lot more of this in the future unfortunately. Infanta Pilar was one of those roles that wasn't necessarily that well known outside of mm. the trade that she called her own but she was, they called her the most Bourbon of the Bourbons, didn't they? She was very regal, but she had all of that personality and character that we associate with King Juan Carlos. She was never short of a word or five. Um, and it, it struck me, she passed away, didn't she, on January the 8th, sort of around lunchtime, the news was made public. And, you know, she was the firstborn child of Juan, the Count of Barcelona, who at the time, I'm not sure if he was exactly heir to the throne, but he was kind of the what the person most likely to succeed to the Spanish throne, which was then in exile. Mm. So Pilar was yeah. all quite important, but all through her life, always ended up playing second fiddle to absolutely everyone and everything, didn't she? And it struck mm. me, she died on January the 8th, and you think that really should have been our big story of the day. And yet mm. the Sussex announcement came out, and even in death, Pilar was relegated to number two. Yeah, Pilar, yeah. But given her, 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 the way she lived her life and how personal she was, I guess maybe... She would have preferred it this way anyway, don't you think? She probably would, yeah. She saw her role yeah. as supporting her brother, didn't yeah. she? She kind yeah. of kept the regal image going, but he was he was always to be the star. I think it also shows how you know private the burial and funeral and everything was. I think she wanted to kind of stay out of the spotlight and everything. So, like you said, maybe it was it was the right thing for her to be, her story to kind of be bumped down a little bit she ended as she began yeah. so in spain they're hoping well they're looking ahead and i expect hoping that the spring will bring them better news because we've all started looking ahead to what is going to come over the next few weeks and the next few months and if we come back to the duke and duchess of sussex and this decision to step back within <laughs> hours of that summit taking place the royal family was very much business as usual because they announced that we're getting a state visit here in the uk from the brand new Emperor and Empress of Japan. Lovely. <laughs> I can't wait to see Masako shine again. She's just been looking so happy since she became Empress, so I think that will be really good to see her again. I think it will be. Um, she's very now confident, I think, in, in her position. The worry is not about is she producing an heir, although I still think her daughter should be the next, next person on the throne there in Japan, but that's another story for another day. But 
it's good to see her her happy and i think for so many years of her illnesses and now that we see her happy and content i guess is the best way in her role i think any any royal watcher is happy to see that and we'll be happy to see her in the u.s i mean not in the u.s sorry the uk (laughs) although she'd be welcome in the u.s i'm just saying (laughs) she's fluent in english as is her husband which means they won't have to use translators and everything so it'll it'll be nice it'll be very nice and I expect yeah. House of Windsor is hoping that this is going to be two or three days of pomp and ceremony that mm. sticks the ship a bit. So this is what we're good at. <laughs> exactly. You can probably count on just about every other member of the royal family being there with all the diamonds and all the tiaras. Yeah. Because it is a good opportunity, isn't it, to just put on a really good show. Definitely. Of course, we'll have all the details on royalcentral.co.uk as they happen. Also on our social media, on Twitter, we're at Royal Central and on Instagram, royal.central. So come and find us and give us a follow to keep up to date with all of the news. We'll have another podcast for you very soon as well. But for now, thank you for listening and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.